The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight, we expose the rot at the heart of the Vatican and the Roman Catholic Church today. Our special guest has created a brilliant piece of investigative writing based on four years of authoritative research, including extensive interviews with those in power, the celibacy of priests, the condemnation of the use of contraceptives, countless cases of sexual abuse, the resignation of Benedict XVI, misogyny among the clergy, the dramatic fall in Europe of the number of vocations to the priesthood, the plotting against Pope Francis. All these issues are clouded in mystery and secrecy. If you are ready, you will learn the secrets and penetrate the enigma. It derives from a system founded on a clerical culture of secrecy, which starts in junior seminaries and continues right up to the Vatican itself. It is based on the double lives of priests and on extreme homophobia. The result is schizophrenia, and the church is hard to fathom. But the more a prelate is homophobic, the more likely it is that he is himself gay. Here's a quote. Behind rigidity, there is always something hidden. In many cases, a double life, unquote. These are the words of Pope Francis himself. And with them, the Pope has unlocked the closet. No one can claim to really understand the Catholic Church today until now. What you're about to hear is the truth revealed. And it is extraordinary and disturbing. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Divinia Water, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Fabregas. Tonight's special guest is Dr. Frederick Martel, PhD, a French writer and researcher. He is also a journalist at National Public Radio and the author of 10 books, which have been translated and published in more than 25 countries. He lives in Paris, and his latest book is titled In the Closet of the Vatican, Power, Homosexuality, Hypocrisy, which has been published in eight languages and is a New York Times bestseller. Frederick Martel joins us from Zurich, Switzerland. Hello, Dr. Martel, and welcome to Veritas. Bonjour. Bonjour. May I call you Frederick? Exactly. Thank you. Well, In the Closet of the Vatican is the title of your new book. What compelled you to write it? Let's begin with that. As you as you have mentioned, I I wrote uh, several other books before. So I'm a researcher, an academic uh, professor, and I'm a journalist. So when I do a book, it's because first of all, um, I think I might add 
new information to, I would say, to the world, and also because I'm able to do it. And I was able to do it because I got some sources that basically in the beginning of my research, uh, you know, gave me um, a description of the Vatican. Uh, it, they were priests uh, working in the Vatican or journalists, uh, uh, Vaticanists working in the Vatican. And so basically you, you do these kind of books when you, you begin with sources. What was the reaction, if at all? Do I presume that this book is not available in any bookstore within Vatican City? In fact, it is. I mean, uh, Vatican City, as you as you know, there is no bookshop inside. It's, yes, uh, there is just a small supermarket, a post office, and and uh, that. Uh, and if there is a few books, it's only, of course, the books of, of the Pope. But a few uh, a few blocks away, uh, there is a regular. Uh, we are in Rome, regular bookstore, and the the book was available everywhere. So. I wasn't, uh, I haven't been boycotted, you know, it was easy to find in, for the people in the Vatican. You know, Frederick, I was an altar boy as a child for many years, and I met many good priests. My favorite one fell in love with a female parishioner and had to leave the Catholic Church. And even as a child, that didn't make sense to me. The fact that priests cannot get married, I know it's law, it's... But the question is, if the Catholic Church is so homophobic, why does the Vatican have one of the biggest gay communities in the world? Obviously, they're living a double life. I mean, here the things begin to be complex. Um, you know, I, 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 I believe uh, a majority, at least in the Vatican, and quite often also in the U.S., in the Episcopal, and um, a bit everywhere in the world, a uh, majority of the priests are uh, are gay. But when you say gay, it doesn't uh, explain everything. It's not gay in the sense of gay 2020, you know, they don't go to the gay pride. It's people that basically are in trouble with their sexuality. A lot of them are honest and they don't live a double life because they are, I would say, homophile, which means if they will if they will have sex, it will be with the men. But they don't. So they are faithful of their vows of chastity and vows of celibacy, but uh, they still are homosexual for me because their culture their psychology and also their homophobia to some extent is it's explained by the fact that they are attracted to men but a lot of them don't practice if you want they they, they are not pra practitioner of homosexuality that's true also that uh, some of them and we know them pretty well have also a boyfriend they 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 go out in in some places to meet uh, men and sometimes they even have some prostitute. But uh, you have different categories. And I do believe that um, a, a, a lot of them are still faithful because they they are still chaste. When I say that, it's not because I, I think you, 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 you have to say chaste. I think in the, I mean, the reality is that uh, having no sexuality is counter-natural. And I think a lot of the problem of today, problem, of course, on sexual abuse, but also problem of the culture of secrecy in the Vatican, the, the lie on money and on many other things, power, is linked to the fact that these people are not happy because they don't live the normal life. 
homosexuality is not counter-natural. What is counter-natural is to ask a man to be chaste, yes. because that's not something normal. And this is why I think uh, it's going to be over in a few years, not for moral issue, not because of the Bible or the evangel, by the way, they, neither the the, nor the, the Bible, nor the Evangel discuss celibacy of priests. There is not even priests in the Bible. So it's something late in the Middle Age. So it's something that has been changed in comparison with the beginning and can be changed again. But I think it will be not changed because of a moral issue or anything, just because of demography. In France, we have basically 800 priests every year that die. 800, and there is less than 50 that are ordained. So it means in 10 years, you don't have priests at all. So all the people who say, you know, we have to keep celibacy are basically destroying the church. And we need to, to open very quickly the church to men that are married, to women, and to, to homosexuals. That's just a necessity if we want to, to have priests. My wife's family is Greek, so sometimes we go to Greek Orthodox Church, or I have friends who are Russian Orthodox. They get married. They have their yes. families. They have their children. At one point in our history, the priests used to get married, and the reason why this was this was changed was because the church did not want to relinquish its assets to the legacy of these priests dying to their wives or children? Absolutely, absolutely, yes. But you need also to know, and people quite often, especially in the U.S., don't know that, we have a lot of Catholic priests that are married today. Two categories. First of all, the Anglicans yes. that were already married, and they were, some of them, integrated by Benedict XVI inside in the Catholic Church. So since they were married, they didn't, uh, we, they didn't demarry them, though they are still married. And more than that, we have a lot, I mean, basically 70%, 70% of the priests from the Middle East, Catholic priests, that are married because it's possible to be married uh, before being ordained in the churches, in the Christian, uh, I would say, uh, um, Christian uh, uh, country, like uh, uh, Christian Catholics uh, in Iraq, in Iran, uh, mainly in uh, in Lebanon, in Lebanon, Syria, in Syria, but also in, in Jordan or in Egypt. So you have among the Maronites or, or Syriac and all the groups, you have the priests that are massively married. So even the Catholic Church recognized by Rome, you have already many exceptions. But I think, as you well said, and by the way, what we're discussing here is not an attack on the LGBT community. That is not an intent at all. What we're just saying, there's hypocrisy here. If you have an institution that is so homophobic, who's, who says that it's a sin to be a homosexual, right? Then why is it that they, inside the Vatican, practice otherwise? Yes, it's not. You, you, of course, my book is not against uh, LGBT people. By the way, I'm uh, openly gay, so my book is in favor of gay gay people, and and main, mainly to to recognize the reality and not to hide this reality. But it's not even an attack against the church. And this is, I mean, you know, I get ten letters every day since the book was published, which is a year ago. Ten letters every day by people everywhere in the world that are basically priests or former priests or seminarians that basically 
99% of them are in favor of my book, but they mainly, they don't even discuss the book. They have read the book and they say to me, you know, you describe my life. That's my life. And then they told me sometimes 50, 50 pages written, I mean, written by hand about their life. Sometimes it, the letters arrive in Polish or in Portuguese languages that I don't speak. And so it's, it's not against the Catholic Church. I mean, the Catholic Church reacted basically, I mean, some people don't like me, for sure, but many people loved me. And even the Pope said, in a sta- not in a public statement, but he was published everywhere after he said that to a famous lawyer in Latin America. He said, I read the book. It is okay. I knew everything. So even if the Pope knew everything, you know the the the, the state of of uh, you know of the problem. Yes, yes, absolutely. But what I'm trying to say is whether a priest is gay or is heterosexual, these are normal feelings. They, uh, how can you be in your twenties, thirties, after seminary, forties, fifties, and I understand the vote of chastity. But as a human being, how possible is that 100% of the time for either a gay or a heterosexual? That's the same. You're absolutely right. And actually, we know, and that's the same problem, because for the church, if you basically uh, uh, have a sexual relation with a woman or with a man, you are equally a sinner. But we know it's a lie. I mean, we have studies that are even published by the Catholic Episcopate in Bolivia, in Brazil, in Colombia. We know that in Peru, in Chile. We know that, of course, in Africa, that a very large majority of the priests in little villages have a girlfriend. Sometimes they are even married by another priest that is also married. And in big cities like in Mexico or in, you know, Medellin or like places uh, like in Brazil, big cities and in the US, basically in urban, they, they are gay. So heterosexuality in rural uh, countries and homosexuality in uh, urban big cities, that's the reality of the church. And and actually, I don't have any problem with that. And that's also the strength of my book. I mean, I don't judge them. I just explain the system. The fact that a priest has a girlfriend or a boyfriend I mean, if it's a, with consent and if the, the boyfriend or the girlfriend is uh, adult and there is no authority between them, welcome. I mean, I'm happy for them and I don't want to see, I don't want to criticize them. What I do have a problem with is pedophilia. Whether you are either or, I do have a problem with it. How pervasive do you think this problem is within the Catholic Church? Okay, here we have to be extremely careful. And just before I mention, as you remember, I said adult with consent and with no authority. So right. consent is extremely important. And the age of consent is, of course, also very important. First of all, there is no uh, link between homosexuality and sexual abuse. Sexual abuse in the world are mainly the the result of heterosexuality because of the majority of the victims are girls or, or women. And quite often it's in the family or it's in the school system and the the, the abuser is, is a man. So it's ba- mainly heterosexuality 
by statistics. And for a very simple reason, there is much more uh, heterosexual people in the world than gay people. Then, second point, when we go to the church, when you, you see and you analyze only the statistics and the information in the church, we discover that, that there is an exception, a singularity, an idiosyncrasy that means 80 to 85% of the victims of priests are either men or boys. Adult men, quite often seminarians or boys. So there is a, a specificity where the victims in the Catholic Church by priests are mainly by male sex. Why is that? Of course, it's not homosexuality that implies that. It's mainly the fact that there is a culture of secrecy that basically is a, is a lie and you have the people that basically have to to hide about their sexuality and also the fact that of, of course by definition it's a, it's a world of men i mean the priests are all men the seminarians are only men quite often the 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 choir or the kids in the catechism and in uh, many scouts and so on are, right. are only boys. And so that's the reason why the, the majority are more than the majority, 80% to 85% are boy or, or men. Uh, and to finish on that, it's also a system of cover up. And the link between the cover up and homosexuality is also linked to this secret because they are fragile because they can be uh, you can have some blackmail because the the priests are vulnerable because they are gay and and they have something they do something secret uh, then they might be blackmailed or they try to hide any uh, sexual abuse or any sexual problems in their um, parish and that's i think an explanation that has to be probably longer than what i said but at least it's the beginning of the explanation. And this is the part. I, I get a lot of email from, from folks here in the United States because they've heard me say that I was an altar boy for many years. Thankfully, my father was very, very involved in the church because he almost became a priest before he met my mother. But they write to me about what happened to them. Many of them were raped by priests at the age of 12, 13, etc. I just wonder, again, I don't care if you are gay or heterosexual. But that deviancy of pedophilia, of abusing of a child, obviously they don't have consent and the child feels this is a person of authority. And this is the common theme, Frederick, when I hear from these people, I told my parents and they almost beat me up because they said that you don't ever repeat that. That's impossible. That did not happen. Are people so brainwashed not to believe their own children. Again, some of these, and I have to say it, some of these people are monsters, whether in the Catholic Church or any other way. Yes, I mean, I think you, you, you're right. And, um, the, you know, the question here is not about the specific cases, even though the, the person that is guilty is, of course, the abuser. But there is here a system. We are speaking about thousands I mean, thousands of priests that have been accused in the US, but also in Australia, in UK, in Ireland, in Colombia, in Mexico, in, in Chile, in France, in Belgium, in Switzerland, in Netherlands, in Spain, in Italy, thousands of priests. I mean, actually, more than dozens of thousands of priests have been accused of sexual abuse. So 
it is a system. It's not an accident. It's not just something that somebody did wrong. It is a, a, a system that... For- Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.